Okay, everybody, thank you very much. Um, so you've listened to me. <laughs> now uh, listen to the uh, more, the, the prettier version who's <laughs> going to come up and speak. It's going to be a lot easier, I think, to, to listen to Blanca. Yeah. We actually speak than it was to me. Um, so Blanca is the founder of Art Reform. You, um, it's a renovation company, or reform company, as we say in Japan. Um, so yeah, she's going to talk to you about um, all things reform. Thank you so much, Blanca. Thank you very much. Um so I would first like to introduce myself and our company. Uh, my name is Blanka Kobayashi and uh, me and my husband are the co-founders of Art Reform. So I'll just move or not? Pointed for me, but uh, my husband Kingsley is right there. That's that handsome gentleman over there. So um, we are bilingual uh, reform company, which means uh, we want to cater to foreigners. Because what happened when we were renovating at this us? Thank you, awesome. And I can see. The author of this gorgeous picture just came in as well, so Tia, thank you. <laughs> if any of you needs great pictures, that's the lady to talk to. Um, so we decided or we realized that there was a need for a bilingual reform company when we ourselves were renovating um, our property in Matsudo, that's where we live. Um, and we realized that even though we speak in uh, Japanese and we can, you know, um, we know what we want, but when it comes to renovations, the Japanese renovation companies, uh, they don't, they are not able to really speak with you or at points because we are two foreigners. Um, at times they are kind of even a little bit distant because they, don't, they think you will not really understand what's going on and all the problems are happening. And because we are here for a long time, we also understand one thing, and it's the thing that the foreigners in Japan are the ones that they own property, they want to be buying, and they will be buying more properties. Uh, and they have the need to renovate their places, and they want to speak with somebody without the stress of, oh, am I saying it correctly? or um, you know, am I expressing myself right? Does my, does my contractor actually understands me? Does my contractor knows what I want? So we decided that we're gonna start a company right after we actually finished renovating our house. We saw the gap in the market and we were like, okay, this is what we want to do. So we paired up with a Japanese contractors and uh, started the company. Right now we have an office in Azabudai in Minatoku and we have one office in Yabashira in Chiba. So we serve Tokyo, we serve Kanagawa Ken, Chiba. Uh, we go to Saitama if not too far and lately we have clients that have their second properties in places like Yuzawa or even Atami and Shizuoka. So we can go if you have a nice property that way and you are willing to work with us on that, we can, we can work with you and change your property, even if it's not Tokyo or Chiba. So, you see, as if this thing is not working for me. I will move to the next slide, Thank I'm you. not sure what's happening. Normally, okay. So, why actually people renovate uh, properties here in Japan is mostly because Properties in Japan are built very quickly. I don't know if you realize that. Every time my parents come to Japan, they are always shocked how quickly they build the properties here. And that's because the, uh, they put priority on a quick build, not exactly on the quality and durability. And uh, the lots of apartments and houses are built that they pop up quickly and they count on the fact that within 20, 30 years, they're gonna just tear it down and rebuild it. But lately, people don't really want to rebuild. They want to find a nice property and instead of tearing it down, they want to renovate it and that's where actually we come in. 
So first, what you're going to do when you are looking for a property, you're going to talk to Emil or you're going to talk to Ziv. Or if you are looking for Akia, you will talk to Matt over there. Once you've bought your property, you're going to talk to me. We'll renovate it for you. And then if you decide that it's not your living property, but you want to make money out of it, you'll talk to Tracy. And Tracy will rent it out for you and you guys all make money. So we kind of have it sorted out over here. <laughs> so what do you do when, you know, why you should actually renovate instead of uh, re instead of build, tear it down and build new one is because when you find an older property, it usually has a nice space around it. So you can get it for a better price. You can actually get the property you like. Uh, you might have, you might want a little garden or on the contrary, you want something that is cheap. So you will go for an older apartment. You will find, you can find a small one or a big one, but it will be an older apartment and then you renovate it. So right now that's what's happening. Also, if you would follow the trends in the past year or two, the new construction, for example, in Tokyo, is down to only 30%. Why? Because we are running out of space. For example, for Chuoku, like Chuoku, Bunkyoku, the central Tokyo, there is just simply not enough space to be bringing out new buildings. So, of course, people are now looking, okay, I can't afford, with the, with, with the less the space, the more the money they charge for it. People don't want to spend all those millions on new houses, or they simply cannot. So they go a little bit even out of the central Tokyo. They go to outskirts, people go to Chiba, people go to Saitama, or down like Kanagawa-ken. They find a nice properties that have more space, and then they renovate it. So um, they also, if they really want something cheap, and often it might happen for, for businesses or for companies that need an uh, apartment for their employees, uh, they would end up buying Danchi. Danchi used to be very unpopular because they were kind of small old apartments because they were all built after the war. And they were built kind of quickly. You know, they look a little bit like a cages because there's a lot of apartments, it's kind of block. They don't look really pretty, but they are very affordable. And a lot of companies is now doing the thing that they, they buy the Danchi, they renovate it, and then they either rent it out or they use it for their employees and for, or, or you know, usually for their employees or young families, young families that need money, that they don't have enough money and they need place to live, they will buy Danchi or the older mansions because like between the 50s and 70s they were building Danchi and then they start building mansions so you can buy 30, 40 years old um, mansion for not that much, few million yen, then you invest few million yen renovating it and if you are a young family that is starting, it might actually work very well for you. So you will renovate that and uh, the good thing about that is that you can actually gut it completely and you will change the layout and you're gonna have a great time. I put together Sorry in, no worries, I put together kind of few pictures from a project uh, we've been doing throughout the presentation. So you can see even things that can be done with old apartments because we do, as a company, a lot of complete renovations. So we will get an old or older apartment and we completely change it. So we will basically strip it, strip it down to skeleton and then change the layout for you because the older apartments were usually kind of small rooms and right now it's more modern to have an open floor plan. Almost every woman now wants an open kitchen. Before they would do a little noodle for a kitchen and we don't want that. We want to be in an open space, we want to see what's going on. So open kitchens are right now a really, really popular. So 
You can see that we can basically strip everything. We can reposition the houses as long as the property allows it. You can actually completely change the layout. You will keep just the walls that need to be wall, they need to be kept, and you change everything. You will have to check with the building, especially if it's a mansion or like an apartment building, you will have to check with the building what is their rules. Usually they will not allow you to change anything that from the outside would change the uniform look of the building. So very often people want to change and put new windows because the, the windows in Japan, I know, we all, I know we all know that, are quite horrible. You know, the wind just goes through it, <laughs> like here. So people want to put uh, new windows, but very often it's not possible. So then we would have to put like inner windows for them. So from the outside, the building still looks the same. From the hallways, they use, they often use old doors, but you can't change them because then the door would be different than the doors of everybody else. So then you can just change the door from the inside so it looks nice and then you cut the entire apartment and you change it and then you're left with a brand new house. And if you are, for example, changing a 2DK apartment, it's gonna cost you four or five million yen to change and have a brand new house. If you are going with the medium, medium level of materials. So you can get a really, really nice new look of your space without investing too much, but you feel like you have a new house. What is really important is to check when you are buying all the property and you want to renovate it, you have to check things uh, like the piping, so, because sometimes the old buildings, the pipes are of course not, uh, not durable in, anymore. So you have to check that, you have to check whether the levels of the floors are okay, how is it with the insulation and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you can really do almost anything and that's where the fun is. You can let your, uh, let your imagination go really wild. And because we are here and we can re speak your language, most probably, uh, you know, we can really discuss your, pro uh, your project and you can discuss where you want to go and how you want to, what's your idea, what do you actually really want, what is the main concern that you have, because uh, some clients, for example, they have children, so you have small children uh, or you have a pet, when you have that, you already know that you are looking, for example, when it comes to wallpapers, right now you know you are looking at wallpaper that's not going to be easily damaged. If you have a kid, you're looking at wallpaper that you can clean easily because you know that your kid's going to be all over the place. So the wallpapers that they are doing now, you have different grades and they are ones that you can't really scratch it that easily. Or they have um, kind of the surfaces that basically uh, if the light, the sunlight touches it, when it reflects, it also air cleans against viruses. That's the new thing that they start doing now because of corona, that it's, uh, they call it, it's an air cleaning wallpaper. And that's, that's really good. They do flooring like that as well. They have, it has a, some sort of a coating that it gets cleaned by light, which is really interesting. So you can really do a lot of things. As I said before, you can buy an IKEA uh, either to live in or to rent out. You can buy a house to live or an apartment. You can buy it for a long-term rentals, which basically it's uh, long-term. Tracy will talk about that more, but there's a difference between short-term rental and long-term rental. And so you can buy your house or an apartment for either one of those things. Or you can buy it, for, or you can do it for business, and that it's basically you buy, you renovate, you sell. There are different levels. Uh, there's also different taxes and stuff like that, depending on what you want. But you can do almost anything and everything with properties in Japan, 
and there's a lot of um, a lot of ways how to do it, especially for people that have cash on hand. We have seen right now an increase of uh, foreigners that brought dollars from abroad and then bought properties here uh, in the past six to twelve months. That's where I think Ziva will talk about it a lot because um, there's a lot of foreigners that they do not live in Japan yet, but um, they have the money, they want to buy properties here, and then eventually they want to live, live here or they want to do it for business. So they buy properties, they renovate them, and uh, now the, a lot of what people are talking about a lot is tatami room. I don't know if uh, you guys have tatami rooms in your in your houses or in your apartments, and it's kind of love and hate relationship for people because they look good, but they are very vulnerable. Uh, bugs love tatami because it's natural. So you know, if you have tatami in your apartment, first of all, you're gonna smell it. Second of all, you know you're gonna have bugs, but then they have that pretty kind of look. So. People are often weighing in on do I want a tummy room or do I not want the tummy room. So if you do want the tummy room but you don't want the smell and the issues that come with a real tatami, they actually now doing flooring that looks like tatami but it's fake. So you will not have the problems that you are facing. And they look very pretty and it became kind of like an upsell point or a point where you can rent, get an extra rent if you have a little tatami corner in your property. So it's actually quite interesting. Um, why People are often wondering why they should actually buy an older property instead of buying, getting a new one or getting a land. Well, with the problem of land, uh, you can and uh, the way the houses and apartments are built, if you buy an older place, you actually have a higher chance of getting it in the location you want. That's just simple. Everything in real estate is no difference. It's about location and your convenience. And right now, with the way Japan is building, you most likely will not find a new built or open space close, for example, close to the station or with a nice space around it with a garden because if there is a house that has a big land for sale and you are not the one buying it, most likely a developer will buy it, they're going to tear it down and on that one space they're going to build about four to five houses. We were lucky, for example, when we bought our property that we bought it and we are kind of like from street to street. And when they were looking at it, they were like, yeah, we can fit in five houses, no problem. They would literally break it down and congest it with the space. So if you're lucky and if you're patient, you can buy an existing older property um, for a reasonable price, where you want it, how you want it, and uh, build, you know, make it your own. So that's where, that's where that kind of come, the, the need comes. For, for renovations and why. So the point of what you should do when you, when you find your property is, uh, because usually, of course, properties that need reforms from our point of view are older, so you will need a structural check. People very often actually want to kind of skip that part because that costs a few thousand dollars. And they are like, yeah, but I think it looks okay. They don't really want to put money in it. But then when we convince them to go and do it, um, they sometimes end up not buying the property because they realize that there was damage done that would cost them a lot of money to fix. So if you are deciding to buy an older property, definitely do not skip on the, on the structural check because you will save yourself problems down the line. And we just had a case actually now with a client that they didn't do the inspection. They bought the house and after they bought it, before we started the renovations, they found out that there are water leaks uh, that go inside a building. And now they are already in six weeks negotiation with the selling agent 
and the owner of the property, what they're going to do about it. So their whole move is now being, being pushed back because they are negotiating what's going to happen. So definitely do not skip that. And then you have to decide on your budget. You know, it's kind of anything can be done. To be honest, when you are doing renovations, you can go low, you can go medium, you can go pricey. We'll work with people either way, but it's very difficult if we don't know kind of what we are looking at. And even for you yourself, you, you should be honest with yourself, saying, okay, I want to spend this and this much amount of money. It's the same thing as Emil was telling you, when you are getting the loan, be honest with yourself, decide how much you actually want to spend a month on the repayment of the loan. The same thing comes to mind when you are doing renovations because before we start the project, we will ask you, you know, because you can have so many different materials to be used. And if you do not have an idea how much you want to spend, it's difficult for us to give you a quotation and use the right materials. I will later on give you kind of a little bit of a, a figures so you know what you are looking at when you want to put a wallpaper because even with the wallpaper you can go three like triple if you want an expensive one to when you want a cheap one so everything comes you know with it's all about the budget it's all about the money so if you can decide how much you actually want to spend on your reform then we can go with that so we don't have because to do the mitsumori, to do the quotation, it takes time and effort. And then if we don't do it in the way that, you know, you'll be like, oh, but it's way over my budget. Or, oh, but I could, I would like, after we do the mitsumori, you'll, you'll tell me, oh, but I can actually, you know, go higher. I can do better, different material, then we have to do it all over again. And everything is being delayed because even the mitsumori, depending on the size of the job, will take one to three weeks. If it's a really big project, it can take up to three weeks to actually give you a quotation. And if we then have to start all over again, we will have a problem. And then the third part, execution. What's really important, uh, and a lot of people love DIY, I love DIY as well. But when it comes to renovations, you have to actually decide whether you want to be the one doing it or you want to let the company doing it. Because when you start telling most of the contractors, oh, but I want to do this part by myself and you will do the part next to it, it's difficult. It's not, it's not ideal and eventually, even the workers, the artisans, they will not want to do it because they don't know what you just did. And then it becomes a problem. So if you think you can do it, you can try. We also do uh, some work renovations after people did their own and then they realized they couldn't. So it's always, you can try if you like it. I've, I've, I've done the same thing actually with our house. I, you know, did part of it myself and it was okay, but then, you know, one year later or so, maybe not even we actually hired a company and we did the whole thing. So. Just decide how far you can go, where your ability is, do you want to do it or not. So if you can go that way, you will save yourself a lot of money down the line. And the contractor will be much happier if you tell him, okay, you do the whole thing, you just then come, kind of supervise, or we'll, we keep sending pictures. When we do projects, we send pictures every day or a few days to kind of update you, okay, this is what's happening, this is where we are. Uh, so you, can, you kind of know what happens because the truth is once you, for example, break the walls and stuff, things that you didn't see at the beginning happen. So we kind of need to keep in touch with you as well, just so you see. So um, just to kind of talk about some projects, this one was uh, a Tokyo apartment that uh, that was that's one of the mansions that was built in the 80s, uh, kind of old. So we did a complete renovation over here, uh, 
break everything down to skeleton, reposition the kitchen completely, and it was a third renovation of the apartment, which the second one was done, it was a DIY job, so we came into a lot of trouble when we were doing our part because uh, there was a lot of stuff that was not done properly in the second renovation. But we repositioned the kitchen, we put a new one, put completely new floorings, broke some, wall, broke some walls and, and changed the whole layout and kind of the value of the property also went a little bit up, at least for selling point uh, in case the client wants to sell it. And then here we go. Okay, these ones are pictures. This one was one of my favorite projects with it because we took a dog salon or the, the, the client bought a house and next to the house was a little house that the former owners used as a, used as a pet grooming salon. So one room in the first floor, one room in the upper floor. What they did was in the first floor they were um, cutting their hair and stuff in the second floor. They had just sinks, that's where they were washing them. So that's just literally, you can see they were in the upper floor, there was just the two sinks, nothing there. And then downstairs was just a room where they hook up. There was nothing else there. But they decided they would actually like to use it as a guest house. So because they have friends, they are both foreigners, and they have friends uh, coming to Japan to visit them. So they said, oh, we don't want them in our house, actually. We would like to have them in the guest house. So we put a little, so of course we changed all the wallpaper, all the flooring. Then I put the little kitchen downstairs and made it like a living dining little kitchenette in the first floor and in the second floor then changed just a little bit, just little small accents often make a big difference because the staircase was nice but we just changed the wallpaper, put a wooden accent on the ceiling to match the staircase so it kind of has a nice look and then remove all this. Uh, we put toilet because there was no toilet in the whole place so instead of the little closet we put a toilet there and then uh, created a shower and uh, washing basin for the bedroom so the second floor became a bedroom with a shower with the washing basin and the toilet so it was really really fun project to work on it took um, we did their main house as well which was right next to it so the main house and this thing all together took us about a month to change and they were actually very happy about that so this was a really really nice thing to work on and was fun uh, here are some examples of bathrooms that can be done um, sometimes it's a unit bath because in Japan, of course, the unit baths, they make more sense. They are easier to put than tiling. A lot of companies do not really want to work with tiles because with the earthquakes and everything, the tiles are not that good. But um, you, can, you can do tiling, you can use unit baths. They are a lot of fun as well. And a lot of levels. We, we saw that as well in our house uh, that Looks, okay, good. So when you're doing unit bath, you can actually go from very, very simple one to beautiful customized unit bath and nobody can tell at the point that it's a unit bath that they, there's no tiles. So the way they go, you don't have to, you know, imagine that kind of plastic look when you are thinking of unit bath. It's just the convenience of how it's done uh, comparing to the tiles but you can get absolutely beautiful if your budget allows for it and besides that you can also like what we do we also do business constructions and renovations so if you if you are thinking of opening a business and you just in japan you always get it as a skeleton so this is like this you get the skeleton and you build it up and do do everything by yourself or 
if you are closing or moving your business, then you break it. You have to give it to them as a skeleton, so we would break it down for you and do the whole thing. And you can, again, you know, figure out your plan and do whatever you want to do. Okay, here are more projects uh, that we've done that are fun. You know, renovations are not always a huge, a huge jobs, but at times it's the little things that you are doing in your own house that can actually change the whole feeling. So even just changing a little stairs, you know, giving, um, give, making a new, new bathroom, or changing, changing uh, the entrance or a bedroom. All these things, they make a huge difference. Uh, when, when it comes to uh, big projects or people that want a little bit more of personal touch, we have architects that we work with that can, you know, sit down with you and design even customized furniture. You know, whatever you really want. Everything, I always say, everything is possible. And it's almost true. Not everything, but almost everything is possible. Depends what you want. Japanese people, when we renovate houses for Japanese people, they go more for a single, it's simple things. Whereas as foreigners, we kind of like it more, you know, nicer. And we have, I think we have more requirements for houses and for our living, living conditions, you know, because we all have uh, houses outside of Japan and are used to, usually to more space. We, you know, just differently. We have, you know, more open spaces and things like that. So as foreigners, we have a little bit different, um, different requirements. So I have the updated prices here because I have wanted to make sure I'll give you the completely new ones. The prices unfortunately in Japan are changing every month or sometimes even more than that in Japan because with the, the way the dollar goes up and down and then a problem with shipping and everything they are changing prices on us completely. But if you are, for example, looking at the basic level of wallpaper to change and have it done by a company, you are looking at 2,600 yen per square meter, which includes the work. The work means um, we will paste it to make sure, because anybody can do wallpaper, to be honest, but to make a wallpaper that actually lasts in the Japanese hot, humid, you know, summer, and then doesn't move, doesn't tear. It's not that easy as it looks. So um, the 2,600 yen includes the material and the labor. If you are looking at kind of that normal, medium size, medium quality wallpaper, it's 2,920 per square meter. And if you go to, if you want to go to more an expensive, Upper level is about 3,250 yen per square meter. But the wallpapers right now, um, we usually recommend the medium level because they have a really, really large choice. And that's also where you can then decide the filters, for example. They are not so easily to be ripped apart. So those are the things we always go like, yeah, it's a little bit pricier. But the difference is at the end not that big and you will get far bigger choice. They have great accent walls. Those are now really popular. Whereas the, the lower level of wallpaper does not have that much choice of accents. So if you like to have, for example, all wall white and, and then one wall different color, um, you just go with the medium level and you have a huge choice of accents, the, the options are the options are amazing. And of course then those are wallpapers and then if you want to go uh, really, really high end, you can actually go with fabric wallpaper, like wall coverings. But those are ex extremely expensive and usually people don't use them that much. Then when you go to flooring, for flooring, you are looking about um, 6,000 yen per square meter for uh, a regular flooring or if you would want to go for floor tiles that again now they are really practical and they have different levels of floor tiles 
you're looking about 9,200 9, yen and the choices are great. So if you do not want wooden or laminate flooring, you can go with the floor tiles and they have designs now that they look like stone or they look, they look like wood. They are very practical for apartments, I would say. Uh, for houses, they don't use them that much. For houses, people usually go with laminate or wooden flooring. And then if you would go for like the solid uh, pine, pine flooring, you are looking at around 12,000 yen per square meter. But with the wooden flooring, the prices really depend on what material you use and then also whether you want your flooring to be compatible with floor heating because now the newer apartments or even houses people like to put floor heating in because uh, the issues with uh, with heat and with actually with cold in japan is really big so if you want to put floor heating the prices then differ because you need a flooring that is compatible with uh, with the floor heating. So there's a lot of options that you have, and you can you can just go with that. So here is just yeah. I just put uh, before we yeah before I take some of your questions, just kind of you know information in case you want to reach us. We are on Facebook as well, and we are on. Uh, on uh, Instagram, you can send me an email. We do English, we do Japanese consultations. And uh, yeah, we just basically what we do is if you have a project you want us to work with, we'll come to your property, you know, uh, we'll discuss with you what you want and we'll give you the kind of rough estimate. Uh, and then you can decide whether you want to work with us or not or what your ideas are, yes. Someone in the online chat asked, uh, Mr. Dwayne Blah, he asked if, if you work with residents in Fukuoka, or is that a little no, bit far? No, unfortunately, your area? Yeah, What's your yeah. area? Our area is basically anything that's drivable uh, three, four hours from Tokyo, or because as I said, we have offices in Tokyo and in Chiba. So we do Tokyo, Chiba, Saitama, Kanagawa-ken, we did some properties in Yuzawa, but that's still, it's easily drivable. Fukuoka is too far, Not unfortunately. Far. But Ziv, yeah. Ziv, yes, Ziv is there. I is think Ziv Ziv might know some trusted uh, contractors. Uh, you see, yeah, that's the problem. We get a lot of requests from foreigners just for the point that actually speak English and we can discuss it. Unfortunately, most of the contractors, they don't. All right. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So if anybody has any question, because <laughs> you do not have access to me normally. <laughs> no, I've just seen recently there's some really interesting um, wallpaper options. Um, one of my clients actually renovated her house and used um, magnetic um, wallpaper. Have you seen that used um, before? Um, yeah, there's like they have, so they were able to sort of stick things. Stick them on. It's just so many options. I've heard about them, but people usually don't use them for their own properties. People this, will use them for rentals. This was for a short-term rental, so yeah, they see. were able to like yeah. stick the welcome sign at the yeah. front door and like you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people will use them for rentals because also the problem is that a lot of people have when they are renting a place, you're not allowed to really make any changes to it. You're not allowed to hang anything because once you do any damage, the landlords want to stick you with the bill at the end when you're leaving. So a lot of people, when they are renting, they want those stickers. But we do, we try to stay away from, or we usually do not renovate rental properties because uh, you know you then you have to ask the owner for permission. It's kind of difficult. Um, so the one of the first questions. I always ask people when they when they invite us or when they want to talk to us, do you actually own the property? You know, even if you are just in the process of buying the property, uh, we can still meet you. We can go there with you and tell you, okay, you are about to buy this. We can fix it for you. It's going to cost you plus minus ten million. Yeah. We can do that. But if you are renting, it's a problem. So I think the magnetic uh, magnetic uh, wallpaper. 
was definitely for renting purposes. There's so many options, so many options. It's, I always say it's a down the rabbit hole because once you start looking at the catalogs, you come up with 20 different ideas. Sorry? Yes, yes, you can do you can do anything and everything. It's I have this I have exactly this problem. We we've renovated our house last year and every time I go through projects with clients, I come up with something like, oh I would like this in my house. That's just the problem, the biggest problem you can have, you start looking into catalogs, you you start looking at, at things too much. When you before you look into catalogs, have an idea what you want. When you want to renovate a house, have an idea first what you want before you start looking. Because if you are first looking, you're never going to get there. You're going to figure out so many new things and then you can't actually put it together. So first visualize in your head and then start looking into catalogs. And then decide who is the one that shops more in the house and don't take that person with you. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Um, I was curious if you could talk about tatami mat repair or how much that runs for maybe more like Akia. I don't know if you would work with that sort of repair because it sounds like maybe your area. There is so many different levels of, of tatamis. So it really depends on the grade of tatami you want. I don't know the figures of head. But I can figure it out for you. I can send it to you uh, if you like. I can send you the uh, levels of the tatami mats. Uh, if you give me your email, I can I can do that or you know through a message because there's so many different levels. So the tatami, uh, it's per per mat, but I, I cannot tell you actually that level. I I would have to look. We we did the quotation for one house, but it was a little bit. It was tatami and other jobs. So I can't tell you the price of head just from for the tatami. I just don't want to lie. As cheap as a few hundred dollars for the system on the roof, you get the lowest Yeah. want to do the structural checkup, we make the appointment with the company. Okay, and um, since it's quite an expensive thing, uh, what is the step, at which step of buying apartment or house you do the checkup? Before, like giving an offer, before, yeah. before signing the contract, yeah. and if you check on several properties, you have to pay every time the same amount of money. Like if you decide to not to buy because the damage is too crucial, and you switch to another apartment or another house and then on and on and you can end up paying like 10 times for this structural yeah. checkup. Is that, uh, is that any way to avoid so, so much money to pay? You know, it, it usually the structural checkup is usually done for houses, not that much for apartments, but definitely for houses. And when you are buying, when you are thinking of buying the house, sometimes the owner has the, uh, the checkup. It has it done, but you need to realize that if you are very serious about buying it, you might want to do your own. Because if it's a checkup that was done and paid for by the owner of the house, it might be more lenient than if you do it yourself. But you will do it more for houses, there is a specific age, you will definitely want to do it. For apartments, is not that big of a problem, but for houses, it's a big problem because you know they have there's um, uh, you know what I mean? they are the bugs, the termites. Thank you. That uh, there's a problem with termites and uh, leaks, honestly, like the leaks and the termites and rust. 
things like that you want to avoid because uh, some things you just cannot fix or you would spend millions on just fixing that one particular problem. So it's more of relevant with houses than, than with apartments. And yes, you pay for it yourself, but uh, it might be worth it. Um, just, just to chime in, when we normally represent somebody in purchasing a property, the, the offers are not legally binding. So what we'll do is we'll submit an offer, and on the offer we'll note that the offer is pending the results of a structural inspection. So before you sign a contract and pay the deposit, you'll definitely have that report. Uh, a follow-up question on, on the structural checkup. You said, um, depending on the age of the property, what would be your take on, on like, would you do a checkup for five years old property, or like, definitely for 20, 30 years old, but what would be your take on that? Definitely anything that's older than 20, and if it's five uh, buildings that are five to 10 years, they usually still have the builder's warranty. So you can check actually with the papers that are submitted to you when you're buying if there is still a warranty on the house or not. Is that transferable to the next seller? It usually comes with the house, but it depends. We had a case when a client was buying a five-year-old house, but the company that built it went bankrupt and closed down. So the warranty was no longer valid. So it, you have to really check. That's the one time that I think you should really hire somebody that understands that to go with you through the contract and uh, through these things. Because if you cannot read Japanese that well, then you might miss some points. Uh, you might really want to make sure that in your contract, when you are buying the thing, that it does, like for example, you have six to 12 months to figure out if there are things wrong with the with the house or with the apartment or not. Because you might not see things right away, but then you would realize that the things that were supposed to be working, they are not working. So you should also, you know, kind of try and have that in your in your contract. So um, that will be things that will be checked or should be checked with uh, somebody that can read the contract properly and figure it out. But if it's if it's 20 years, uh, it's always recommended because you don't know. You just don't know. Thank you. And sorry, a follow-up question. Your point. So, um, making it binding in, in the like when submitting the offer. If other uh, persons make another offer without making it binding, then you may yeah, yeah, right. Easier one. Yeah. Okay. But if you're the first offer in line, usually most agents in Japan will at least give you the chance to amend the price or drop the condition and tell you that another offer came in that. Can it move to a bidding war then? If, with, with the owner There's going back to you? generally in Japan, so it's never going to be on the listing price. Um, but if you submitted a lower offer, then again, they'll let you know that one came in at full price, do you want to up your price or not? But it's not going to go beyond the listing price, that never happens. And if you do, what, like, would the owner, like if you make an offer above? I've never seen an agent accept an offer like that. We have some customers in the buyer and the agents I experienced that actually very recently, yeah. and no, like the the agent said, well, that's the, that's the price, so we're offering this price. But then he came back to me saying that, well, the owner chose um, somebody else to own me. Yeah, overbid. And I refused because I didn't want to enter the bidding I've never seen that happen. That must have been very opportunistic. Uh, what was this story? Uh, Kanagawa. Um, we don't personally work that much in Kanagawa, so maybe it is part of the culture here, but elsewhere I've never seen it happen. Have you ever seen bidding wars? No, last week. Last week? So the token market is very different. We should bring that up in the community panel. We walk out of Tokyo, we've never seen that happen anymore. Thank you. So let's take one more last question and then we'll, we'll, we'll break for lunch so we can all rest. So, uh, yeah, please. I was wondering what the permitting and inspection requirements are when performing renovations, if there are any. 
Well, that depends if you have a house or you are renovating an apartment or a mansion. When it's a mansion, we always, or apartment, we have to go to the Kanihikasha, uh, to the management company. And first of all, we even have to get a permission to, to renovate. We usually have to apply two, three weeks before, and then they will tell us, like, uh, you know, what we can or cannot do. Some companies even require us to submit the renovation plan to them before we start a renovation or uh, some they just go yeah whatever but you, you usually really cannot change the outside look of the building so whatever you do inside it's okay as long as you do not break any any of the beams the supporting walls or you do not interrupt there are sometimes exhaust or pipes going from other from other floors so that really depends on the situation. If it's your house, you can do, as long as it's a renovation, you don't actually need any permit for, for your own house. Yeah, even that's what they do a lot lately because you can buy an old property that cannot be rebuilt. So then you figure out what is the limit in that area. This one is done like in Tokyo, each ku has its own a limit and they will tell you how much uh, how big percentage of the former house has to stay for you to be allowed to fix it and still call it a renovation because there's a lot of properties in Tokyo uh, or in Japan that they cannot be torn down and rebuilt but as long as you for example leave a one wall it's not a rebuild it's a reform but that depends on each uh, on each coup or on each city, so you will have to check that. That's with houses and with apartments. There is the management company that will fix. If it's the if it's the type of building that you kind of have the like you are all owners. For example, you are twelve owners per building, and you want to do changes like uh, put air conditioning. So you will have to drill holes for the air conditioning uh, exhaust. You will have to ask that uh, the, the kind of group of owners if it's okay with them or not so it really goes case by case but there are like general rules that are okay and general rules that are not but that's uh, that depends on whether you're renovating a house mansion or uh, you know what kind of apartment it is and then taller buildings have different rules than lower buildings and stuff like that yeah goes case by case as, as anything and everything so I would like to thank you right now for, for your attention. We'll break for lunch uh, for about an hour. And um, we will have a Q&A at the end anyway. So if you have more questions, uh, you can prepare them for the Q&A. Or you can send me email or you can call me. You can talk to me while I'm here. I'm here till that kind of six. So we can just chat about that. And I hope to work with you on some of the projects. Thank you.